friends, Romans, countrymen, lend me your ears, ladies and gentlemen. This is episode 71 of the MC Lars podcast. It is January 7th, 2020. This week, I've got a very special guest, my big sister, Sarah. Now, my sister runs a tutoring business. She lives in Central California. She works with kids on helping getting their stuff together to get into college. And uh, my sister talks about dealing with dyslexia and other life challenges and how she's remained such a positive, wonderful, amazing sister. So we talk about her origin story. Even though she's my sister, we're not biologically related. So we talk about adoption. We talk about Lilo and Stitch. And it's a great interview. And I love my sister. And because we love the fans, I've got an exclusive premiere of a song. Back in the day, my sister and I did a song together that was a song called Shan Rock City about my first tour in 2004 was Say Anything, Audio Karate, and a band called Lance's Hero that's no longer around. So my sister and I collaborated on this track. She's a great singer, a great guitarist, a great piano player, but she doesn't really flex her musical skills. So I thought it'd be fun to drop this song at the end. The music for this song got redone, and originally the song was a demo for The Graduate, it got reworked and released as a bonus track on the cassette edition of the Zombie Dinosaur LP, a song called Friends Don't Let Friends Watch Lost. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's dive into it. Before we do, I want to give a special shout out. This week's uh, episode is brought to you by the following Patreon Larsons. And I just want to say, those of you supporting on Patreon, you've been so generous and so loyal for so long. You literally allow me to keep doing the MC Lars stuff doing these podcasts, doing the videos, doing the songs. As you know, I'm doing the Marvel Cinematic Universe songs. We got the Avengers song coming up next week, and then Iron Man 3, then Thor Dark World, keeping it moving. And I've been doing songs about all the movies in the MCU. And I think next I'm going to do songs about all the Star Wars movies in chronological order, including The Mandalorian, including... The Clone Wars, that's what's up. But I'm getting ahead of myself, so I want to shout out the new subscribers. Jamie, Cold Guy, and Spencer Wood, thank you very much. And the OG original ones, William Jones, William, and Emily. Thank you for keeping me going. I'm going on tour with Schaefer the Dark Lord and the Double Clicks. What? A February tour. So let me just uh, give you the dates real quick. February 5th, Boston. February 6th, Brooklyn. February 7th, Philly. Uh, February 8th, Baltimore. February 9th, Carborough, North Carolina. February 11th, Winter Park, which is Orlando. February 12th, Atlanta. February 14th, Happy Valentine's Day, Austin. February 15th, Dallas. February 16th, Oklahoma City. And then the Double Clicks join us. The 17th, Kansas City. 19th, Minneapolis. 21st, Chicago. 22nd, Lakewood, which is Cleveland. 23rd, Ann Arbor, which is Greater Detroit. 25th, Columbus. 26, Rochester, one of my favorite places to play, the Bug Jar. So come check us out, nerdcoretour.com for tickets. So uh, yeah, this is my interview with my amazing big sister, Sarah Joy Nielsen, right here on the MC Lars Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, Happy New Year. I'm here with Sarah Joy Nielsen. Hey, Andrew. So what's a story you can tell about growing up as my sister? Oh, there's lots of stories. Um, well, one of them is when we were little. Mm -hmm. We would climb up onto the roof of our house, which was very steep. 
And we would just climb up there and we'd run around on the roof, <laughs> which looking back at it was like really dangerous, but we had fun. Um, because it was like a house in the hills. It was slanted. The roof was very steep. Yeah. I mean, you, you could climb on from the deck. Yeah. You've, you kind of had to hoist yourself up a little bit, but yeah, it was, you know, fun. We freeze, we'd like make ice cubes and we'd throw them at the neighbor's yards. From the roof? From the roof. That's what's up. What else would I leave in the yard? Oh, you want to know what else you left in the yard? What? Well, I don't know how old you were, maybe five-ish? I think it was sophomore year of college. (laughs) Um, You were really interested in the fact that our dog could go to the bathroom outside. Right. And you felt left out. So you left a little treat of your own in the backyard where our dog would leave her little treats you mean poops yep and i'd eat dog food before so i try to make the poops look like hers you would always eat dog food i like from age two to i don't know six or so you'd you'd we had kept the dog food in the closet and so you could reach into the dog bag and just pull out the kibble but once you found out like the milk bones and there was another kind of treat that you really liked you would You'd pull out a chair from the kitchen into the hallway, go into this closet, which had the dog food, and you'd get on the chair, reach up to the shelf to pick the dog treats off, and then you'd eat the dog treats. Mm, I remember it tasting good, like cookies, especially the milk bones. You were all over that. Yeah, I guess kids, are kids <laughs> not supposed to eat that stuff? Um, Is it bad for them or no? It's just I don't think it's bad for them, but they definitely have vitamins and supplements that are meant for dogs. It's not that they're, you know, would harm a human, but I think if you ate them in large quantities, you could feel a little uneasy. Did mom and dad know I ate dog food and pooped in the yard? Um, they know that you pooped in the yard eventually. I don't know if they knew you eat dog food. Because mom was like, Daisy, that was our, our schnauzer. Daisy's poops are looking really big. It's like, huh, that's weird. <laughs> like, hmm. Our 40 pound schnauzers get a little... Hefty. I stopped though. I don't do that anymore. Well, I, we probably did it two or three times. Mm, more than that. <laughs> and then mom said, when, when she found out, because I think one of someone I know, maybe my sister, spilled what? the beans. What? She goes, she goes. Okay, well, big boys don't poop in the yard, and only big boys get to watch The Simpsons. Oh. So I got Simpsons privileges taken away for a month. A month. That's rough for pooping in the yard. Rough. <laughs> That's what's up. And uh, then, so we where did we grow up? We grew up in Oakland, California, up in the Montclair area, up in the and, hills. And what was it like living there? It was nice. We lived on a semi-busy street. It was kind of one of the main streets up in the hills itself. And, you know, there was areas where we could go ride our bikes and hang out. And you had a few friends that lived you know, within a few houses of you, so. Yeah, like a kid who was my age and then another kid my age next to him. Yeah, he yeah he was my age. That was pretty fortunate. Yeah. What was what was our neighbor's name? Who, Galen or Adam? That's what's up. Yeah. Galen and Adam. And then what was the little brother? Ooh, um, Jacob. Jacob, yeah. That's what's up. And um, then Galen moved up to Oregon. Oh. And, then, and then you were sad. Yeah, I was sad. But then a year later, where did we move? We moved down to Monterey County. And we lived in Mon- Monterey for a year. And now we moved to, and you still live in? 
Carmel Valley. So what's up with Carmel Valley? Well, it's a nice little community. It's about 10 and a half miles, 11 miles uh, east of the ocean. and That's what's up. Yeah. Nice. And it's become a popular wine area. Definitely, for sure. And um, you've built your business helping people tutor their kids. Uh, yeah, I tutor. Take care of pets. I do pet sit. What else? Uh, oh, I, I babysit and do nanny work. So you're busy. I, I am. Sometimes I'm very, very busy, and other times it's a little bit of a lull, but, you know. But it's always lulls. <laughs> and uh you you you've had some learning adventures that you've had to overcome and you pass on that <laughs> wisdom do you want to talk about that learning adventures i like how you put that yes i am dyslexic um i was a uh, diagnosed with dyslexia i think in second grade uh our mom had some questions about my reading skills in kindergarten first grade we were reading a book and there was a bakery and um, I guess it was first grade that I was reading this and this, you know, there's a baker and a bakery and I read the word cakes when the word was cookies. And she's like, hmm. Because you saw a picture of cakes? I Yeah, there's cakes and cookies in the pictures and bread and stuff. So I saw the C and I saw the K and I was like, well, I, I know what word has those letters in it. So I was I was crafty. I, you know, and that's how a lot of dyslexics kind of work they you know reading the whole word is just crazy and it's can be jumbled and sometimes it just it doesn't look like anything so you pick out the letters that you can see and you try to make sense of it in the sentence and, and that must have been frustrating before you knew what was going on well i you know in first and second grade there's not you know a lot of pressure and because we found out early um, I was able to work with tutors and you know work on my phonics which I know every child loves <laughs> meaning sounding words out yeah but in dyslexia what the words get jumbled well how does exactly does it does they can be um, it, you know I think everyone's slightly different um, it's like a word like uh, Florida how would that look or is it hard to know? Well, you know, a lot of words are now just sight words for me. Yeah. Um, but, you know, once you hit like two or three syllables, it's like, uh-oh. Well, no, two syllables aren't good. But the third syllable, it's like, okay, there's a lot of letters in there. Like when it's a new word that it, you've never seen? Yeah, definitely if it's a word I've never seen or one that I don't see very often. Um, but, you know. That's what's up. Yeah, you just, it's it's something that I've I've learned to work with and... You know, some people say, oh, I used to have it as a child, but now I'm cured of dyslexia. It's like, well, you're not really cured. You've just learned tricks to work around it. Which you have done. Yes. But I still struggle. Um, and then, in, I remember in high school, you get like extra time for tests and stuff sometimes or not? Uh, not on general tests. On the SATs, I was given extra time. The first time I took it, I took it timed with everyone else. Went over, I think we went to Seaside High and took it and, you know. Whoop, whoop. Whoop. And then. Uh, SATs. The second time I took it, um, I talked with the learning counselor at our school. Was Miss Yom Yamanishi. What's up, Miss Yamanishi? She taught psychology too. Yeah. Shout outs. 
So uh, we spoke with her and because, you know, I, she, I had worked with her just a little bit when I was in middle school um, and she knew about my dyslexia and I didn't have to use her services a lot in school because, again, I learned how to kind of work the system in my favor. But, you know, a standardized test, uh, you know, she looked at my initial uh, uh, scores and was like, yeah, you could benefit from, you know, taking it timed or untimed. Right. Which I did. And it, my score bumped up a little bit. But on top of that, I was also taking, you know, uh, SAT prep courses and all that it, stuff. High school was not chill. No, it was very stressful, especially. <laughs> so we, you are a year younger than me. Mm -hmm. Still a year, am. A year, week and a day. And, <laughs> and so when we were put into science classes, I took environmental science my freshman year and my sophomore year I took bio. Right. And then your freshman year, you took bio. So we were taking biology at the same time. We took chemistry at the same time and we oh, took yeah. physics at the same time. And it was a vast difference seeing how quickly you were able to do your homework and comprehend the reading compared mm. with me. Mm, that's frustrating. Oh, and you had to, you listened to a lot of your readings on tape. I did. I uh, there is a great organization. I'm sure they're still around. It's called Recordings for the Blind and Dyslexic. And back then, um, they had a four track tape player which is a special type of tape player that, you know, can play your regular standard cassette tape, but <clears throat> it had the capability to play a third and a fourth track. So you'd put in the tape, you play side one, flip it over, play side two, flip a switch on the player, flip it back to side one, and there would be a side, so like a they, third side. They looked like normal cassettes? <laughs> Yeah, they look like normal cassettes. So the stereo of each side was one track, like a four-track recorder. Yeah. That's what's up. So, so. You, so that must have been confusing to know where on the tape you were listening compared to the book. It was So if we were doing a um, like a novel, that's easy because you don't skip around in a novel. Right. But in a textbook, you know, sometimes your teacher's like, okay, read pages 46 through 32 wait that doesn't make sense 32 through 46 <laughs> yeah and i would have to fast forward through this tape and try to find the specific spot and sometimes it was just such a pain in the patootie that i didn't i just kind of gave up and just struggled through reading it you know right but um and a lot of the textbooks that our high school used they didn't have recordings for um, so we would put in requests for some of these books to be recorded. Wow. And which I, would take six months to a year. And I bet sometimes like at the beginning of the year, the tapes would come late. Yeah. There's sometimes I didn't have tapes or I'd have the second half of the, you know, a textbook would be maybe in, uh, they'd send me different shipments of the tapes and I would get, you know, part four five and six and i'm like well that's great i'm part you know i'm part one two and three i remember they come in these big blue boxes mm -hmm. to the to the p.o box our p.o box and then um so yeah so we went to school called 
Robert Louis Stevenson School. Now they just brand it as Stevenson. Yep, just Stevenson. They changed the logo again. It's a different pirate than it was a few years ago. Are you serious? Yeah. Because Robert Louis Stevenson spent a brief amount of time on the peninsula, but of course, the peninsula likes to milk things like that. <laughs> and so they named the school after him. And of course, Treasure Island is modeled on Point Lobos, yep. where he spent time. So we went to a cool school, and um, you then ended up going to college on the Central Coast at Cal Polytechnic State University. In San Luis Obispo. Holler. Beautiful place. Wonderful. I loved it down there. Where Weird Al went to college a few years before you. Yes. And we lived, I believe we lived in the same apartment complex many years apart um, because there was an old photo of him when he was in college in the 80s. And I was looking at- Or 70s, I think. Mm, think Because he graduated in 78. I thought it was 81. Well, even uh, in 3D came out in 81. And so he was like three years out of college. Okay. It's okay. It well, matter. regardless of whenever yeah. it was, um, there's a picture of him and someone else standing in front of a window with this funky hanging lamp. And I was like, you know what? That's That's exactly the layout of the apartment complex I was in. And it was the same lamp fixture, which it did look like it was, you know, 30 years old. Right. And, you know, the way the layout of the room and the furniture, I was like, I'm pretty sure that that picture was taken in the same complex I was living in. That's tight. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, that school, though, it's it was pretty hard to get into that school of it, all the Cal states, right? It, it can be. Um, Cal Poly is different. Cal Poly San Luis Obispo is different because you have to declare a major as a freshman going in. So you just don't apply and just get in as an undergrad. You apply to a specific major as an undergrad. Are some majors then easier to get into? Yes. Some are highly impacted and some, you know, there's, they're a little easier to get into. There was a few kids. I think there's, I know of at least two kids in my high school who had applied and they applied for something they thought they could get into. Uh, I think it was in the ag sector and um, they wanted to be engineers Mm-hmm. and they got in and they're like awesome i'm gonna go to cal poly and then they find out that it's it'll be next to impossible to transfer from the ag school over to the engineering school well is it possible i i, I guess it could be but it's highly unlikely because engineering is so impacted that, meaning, meaning hard to get into or so yes yeah yeah that you know like in my program there were over 500 people who applied and they had 80 slots, I think. I mean, that's not a lot, but, you know, normally, the, you know, you can take more than 90 people into a major. Right. So, for so you're competing with those other 420 people. Yeah. These are all these, and those 450 people or 490 people or 500, however many it was, these were all people who were qualified just as much as everyone else like these were all people who definitely could have gotten into the program it was just mm. like okay now we've got to pick and choose so we picked sarah nielsen yes holler yeah i think my essay helped out so what would you say about uh it was about being dyslexic that's what's <laughs> up and you majored in what was it liberal studies liberal studies which is part of the liberal arts program and it has a focus on uh elementary school education but that's what's up and then you were making progress towards your master's 
but you or getting a credential. But yeah. you weren't feeling it. I by the time I did all of my student teaching, and I worked in classrooms, uh, you know, throughout my program in college, and then on my credential program, I worked. Uh, I was in classrooms, you know, from week three of being a freshman, you know, for five and a half years, I was in classrooms and helping out. And I think it dawned on me that if I were to actually be a teacher and have my own classroom, I would have burnout. And I would burn out within the first two years because I know myself. I know that this would be the likely outcome. And I would start resenting the kids and resenting the work and I didn't want that to happen. I enjoyed working in small groups and working one-on-one with kids. Yeah. And, um, you went rogue. I did. You went Sarah Palin on them (laughs) because you were like, well, I'd rather just have my own business and pick my clients and, and work one-on-one with people. Right. Yeah. So I've been doing that for the past, Ooh, what is it? 11 years now? Um, 12 years. And you moved, so did you, and you moved back to Monterey area after, like after that, right? Or were you living down in San San Luis Obispo for a while? So two years after college, I was living there. I lived there for a, well, yes, I lived, (laughs) I lived down in San Luis Obispo for a total, I think of six and a half years. That's what's up. And then I moved back up to Carmel Valley and I lived out here for, a year and a half, give or take. And then I moved into Monterey and I was there for nine years and uh, I moved back out to the valley again. You're, you're a peninsula local. Uh, yeah. That's what's up. Where, I've been where, around. Whereas I was New York, LA, New York, LA, Oakland, Oakland, yeah. Fairfax, New York. I've lived so many different cities. Yeah, you've bounced <laughs> around. I'm I'm kind of a homebody. I'd be perfectly happy just to sit at home and you know that's what's up just beautiful here though i'm gonna miss it it is really nice it's been nice having you out here thanks i've been back for a few weeks for christmas with ashley yeah and uh we saw our family cousin Stu, who's a guest who's gonna be a guest on the podcast after this but interviewed him before the magic of recording yeah um another thing (laughs) about living in different places and how we're different we're brother and sister Yes. But we don't have the same parents. No, we don't. That's interesting. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Okay. Well, I, um, I'm i adopted. I was adopted at birth. And part of it is because my, our parents were having trouble conceiving. Yeah. I, they wanted was, a kid. It was close to seven years, I believe, that they tried having Doing a that stuff. little bundle of joy. And we don't have to get into the details of that. But let's just say, well, anyway, so then they decided that they wanted a daughter and so, well, it wasn't just a dog. They wanted know, a they, kid. They wanted a kid. And they weren't willing to go down to Walmart and just take babies out of strollers. Yeah. Because that's called child abduction. That's not tight. <laughs> it's not good. And they so, didn't have, did they have Walmart in the 80s? Yeah. I, I'm sure they did. So that's, I, yeah. So then what happened? So I was adopted at birth and I guess the pressure was off and lo and behold, I get a sibling. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's cool. You were not an only child anymore. I wasn't, but you know, I... <laughs> I've never gotten a straight answer out of mom and dad of if they had wanted more than one child. And no, it sounds it, like I was an accident. They you weren't. They weren't planning on having a second child right away, for sure. And I was conceived 
after Super Bowl party. That's what they said. It timeline makes sense. Touchdown! Because I was born in October. Uh, early October, yeah. So, what do you know about your birth mom and your family, your genetic, yeah. So, uh, our mom, so I'm going to call our mom, mom, and then the lady who physically gave birth to me, my birth mother. Yeah, because mom is your mom. Mom's mom. Kathy Nielsen, podcast guest. Yeah, DJ Kathy. What's up? <laughs> so, um, our mom is really big into genealogy and has traced her family and has gone on trips to Sweden and, you know, gone all over the United States tracing uh, various uh, uh, branches of the family. She, she made us, well, she encouraged us to send our <laughs> genetic information in. So now. Yeah, that was a Christmas gift. Thanks, Mom. Five years ago or something. It's like, okay, here's Merry Christmas. Now spit into this tube. And now our genes are monitored by the government. When it decides that they don't like certain genes, we'll be the first ones gone. Awesome. Thanks, Snowden. Can't wait. For telling us. So <laughs> you found out, so she had us do genetic testing and that was interesting because then you can link with other people you're related to you may not have met online right yeah so i had zero contact with anyone i was biologically related to right and um <laughs> oddly enough well it's not oddly enough but uh the story that we were told is the woman my birth mother was in the process of a divorce from her husband who had some issues. Um, he had a hard upbringing and um, he kind of carried that baggage with him and uh, was verbally abusive. And I think maybe physically abusive That's to my horrible. birth mother, but and she was young, right? She, yeah, she was in her, they were, she was in her early twenties. I think she was 23 ish. God, so young. 24. So, um, she when so they were in the process of getting a divorce they had split up for a while okay and then they got back together for just a, a split minute and then she found out she was pregnant and this is and he was the father or no well that's where the <laughs> that's the interesting th part we always on the birth certificate he signed off but our dad remembers hearing the social worker say something who was on my my adoption case mm -hmm. saying something along the lines that uh my birth mother's soon-to-be ex-husband was adamant that it i wasn't his biological child he was like that's not my kid i don't think it's my kid because of the timing maybe yeah but right. they did get back together early in uh 1981 which is when i was conceived and right so yeah it definitely could have been. But thanks to DNA, we have found out that the people on that on my paternal side of the family have never heard of this guy. So that you found out. Oh, and then so it was clear from the DNA stuff that he wasn't your biological. Correct. Dad. Yeah. Ooh, so I know. drama. Yeah. So I have <laughs> been in contact uh, with this one guy who was a biological first cousin and his first thing is like, Hey, you know, who are you? <laughs> Cause I come up as a first cousin and he, was it an affair? Well, that well, we don't know. Oh, so, oh boy. So Jerry what, spring, Jerry, Jerry. <laughs> no. So what we know is, uh, 
my birth father Mm -hmm. is one of his three uncles, but we've narrowed it down to two people because I also on this uh, DNA site, I matched with another person who was also first cousins with, who was, so I'm first cousins with this guy and first cousins with this girl. Which means you're, it, it precludes one of the dads? Exactly. So would you, could you reach out to one of those uncles and say, Hi, I'm your daughter. I'm your <laughs> biological daughter. I could, but I know that with my first cousin who was a guy, you know, we'd kind of been sending a few communications back and forth. And he's like, okay, well, I'll ask my mom. So potentially the mom wanted to shut things down Maybe she knew that it would open wounds if I come in. Um, so yeah. I, I, we, I kind of, that's been over, a little over a year ago and I haven't gotten any further. I haven't pushed it. I, I, you know. You respect their privacy. I do. I, you know, they, for, you know, 37 years, they didn't know about me. And now it's, you know, they've known about me for a year or so. And what about your birth? mom birth mother um is she on there or no she is not but i there is a first cousin i think it's a first cousin once removed that's on there right um so you know but our mom being big into genealogy and you know tracking things down figuring out she is pretty sure that she's figured out which of the brothers is my birth father uh oh oh she has but she's not telling you no, no, we, we uh, when was it? I guess it was this summer or something. We we sat down and we looked at information and, you know, she's written. Sherlock she's, Holmes. Yeah, so. She wrote who? No, she's written to, um, oh no, I guess that was the different side of the family. So, and then wasn't her whole thing, she found someone on Facebook like, this is him and it was like not Okay, close. yeah, so that's another funny story. <laughs> Mom. So, um this guy who was my biological first cousin who I'd been in contact with, I was like, oh yeah, like this guy contacted me. He's a first cousin, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, that's so interesting. What's his name? And I give the name of this guy to my mom. She's like, okay, well, let me just, you know, she looked at the picture real briefly on his profile on this DNA site. Right. And she's like, okay. So little did I know that she then for the next two days was going online and digging into people's Facebook pages and <laughs> completely uh, legally doing research, which is fine. I mean, you can, you know, block your Facebook page so only your friends can see it or friends of friends. This guy did not. No. And so she does all this research on this guy and she's so excited. She's like, okay, I did some research. And so she's, I'm like, okay, well, that's kind of a little creepy, but so... And she's like, oh, and the funny thing is he went to high school, the same high school as our cousin, Stuart, who will be on the podcast later on. Um, Who was previously. No, no. I recorded previously. Yeah. yeah, Okay. He hasn't yet been on. You're one step ahead of me. Yeah, I know. Which anyway. So she's like, oh, he went to this high school because she had seen that this guy had Facebook friends with my cousin and it asked our cousin Stuart, if you know, right, because all this him. happened around the Bay Area, yeah. And then what happened? So, my mom sits me down, it's like, okay, here's this information. We sit down, he opens up her laptop, like, here we go. And I was like, yeah, that's not him. She's like, no, no, of course it's why'd this you know guy. it's not him? I go, well, that guy's Hispanic, that guy's Caucasian. <laughs> I said, 
I am related to the Caucasian one. Okay. I, I, I'm not related to the Hispanic guy who seems like a very nice. You're not related to him. Probably. Unless he's like a half brother. Yeah. So, and then it was like, she's like, no, it's the same guy. And so we're looking, I said, mom, here's the picture. I'm like, this guy's got a chin dimple. This guy does not have the chin dimple. Because you had one of them was on, what's the site? 23andMe or G- FaceTime. What's it called? There, Yeah. 23andMe. And you have a photo of yes. this guy. So, and then I bet mom thought that was funny. Okay. Yeah. Right. So her, her, you know. So he, she didn't try to contact. Hey, I know your cousin. I, I know. I I don't think she would have. I don't think she's that ballsy, but. <laughs> well, she's pretty, I would have put it past her. ballsy, but. I would have put it past her. She, um, so, okay. So, and so your mom, your birth mom, what, rode in rodeos? That's the, that's the legend. She was, so yeah, I think at sometimes she was a, was she a barrel racer or she roped steers? So it's one of those things. And then she also traveled with um, a magic show for a while. And on occasion, she would uh, ride along with her ex-husband. Uh, he was a truck driver and drove around the country in big rigs. And so she would ride along with him. So hmm. she was a well-traveled young lady. Jack Car- Jan Kerouac. Yeah. Um, and you've had no contact with her. I no, I haven't. So, do you think you'd ever reach out to her or not? Nah? You know, I I don't know. It's one of those things that you know, I'd be like, I'm interested, but I also know that it, I could be opening a can of worms. You and know? that she would, she might want something, or you, or it might be weird, or what? Well, not that it could be weird. It just, you know, I've spoken with one or two other people who have reached out to, you know, their biological family and mm-hmm. some have had these great experiences and others are like, now these people are contacting me all the time. You know, I met them once and they're telling me their family drama, their life stories are telling me, about, you know. Right. Your life is great. Yeah. So I, it's one of those things like I'm interested. I, I don't know if I need a relationship with my biological family. What would you say to her if she were sitting here? Yeah, it's you know, I it's I kind of go back and forth. Like I'm I'm interested, but I kind of it's one of those things that because there is you know DNA and blood, it's kind of different than just meeting someone at a party for five minutes, right? And then just it's fine never to see them again or contact them again, right? Right. But it's one thing. It's like no, like this is someone who is related to you. So there's like a different kind of bond there that, you know. And, and she's young. I mean, she had you young. Yeah. I mean, young, young-ish. She wasn't a babe, but yeah, a little baby, but she's yeah. She's not that much older than you. Yeah. So yeah, she, I, yeah, I think she's 20. Yeah, early. She was in her early 20s when she had me, so. So she'd be 60. Yeah. Wait. Yeah, about 60. Yeah. Which is, yeah, that's, that's crazy. That's interesting. I always, always wondered about that and I always wondered- I mean, it's like a thing when you give a kid up willingly for adoption because you're young or whatever. Um, it's an act of love because you know that these people who are ready to have a family who are older might have more resources and be able to give more opportunities to the kid. Yeah. And she and, did because she loved you. Yeah. And that was one of the main reasons that she gave me up. She knew that, one, she wouldn't be able to support me and give me the life that she would want, you know, her child to have right um 
But, you know, it's funny that you were saying that it's like an act of love because some people who are adopted don't feel that way, um, that they feel abandoned. They feel right. unwanted, uh-huh. which had never dawned on me that that would be how someone would feel. You I never guess, felt like that? No. I, you know, I think, you know, from a very young age, I remember still being in preschool, being three years old and, you know, you know, having conversations about being adopted and why I was adopted. When you were three. Yeah. I, yeah. Still in preschool. So, I mean, I personally, I feel that it's really great if you tell, you know, your child that they're adopted young mm. so that it's something that you can, you know, in very simple terms, like if you know the circumstances that they were given up because, you know, the parent knew they couldn't take care of them. It was not, you were, you were not abandoned. They wanted to give you a better life. Like they did this for you. Mm. You know, whereas yeah, we, I don't know if you remember this, but when we were in middle school and high school, there was a kid who went to our church who found out he was adopted because in his biology class, they did the, the blood test where you pinprick, you know, you do a, Oh. You prick your finger and you test your blood and you find out if you're, you know, if you're A, B, A, B, or O. And he wasn't any synthesis of his parents? No. <laughs> <laughs> so he found out when he was like 15. He confronted them. And it, it crushed him. Um, I just read recently DMC's book from Run mm-hmm. DMC. Yeah. And um, he didn't know he was adopted till later. And there's a funny chapter about, it was, it's kind of bittersweet. He, he finds his birth mother mm-hmm. and he calls her and talks on the phone it turns out she's a was a big run dmc fan <laughs> and she, and then he builds this friendship with the family and everything and it's um it's kind of interesting that like he he does a camp for adopted kids to help them like just any unresolved emotions or whatever to yeah. like, communicate and it's, it's kind of cool like that's, his story that's cool yeah dmc and he's a recommend the book um it's called it's it's about mental health. It's called Ten Ways Not to Commit Suicide. I think. I th- have you mentioned this on another podcast recently? I think so. I probably did. Yeah, I think you did. It's yeah. And you, you know, Sarah, you've always been so supportive and wonderful to me. And you listen to the, you've listened to most of the podcasts, if not every. <laughs> I've listened to everyone, and Thanks, I, Sarah's. oddly <laughs> enough, I finished up uh, the last one uh, with Carl. With Carl, yeah, I listened to it last week's. Yeah, last week's episode, I finished it uh, yesterday afternoon, and <laughs> lo and behold, it says, okay, and on next week's show, I sat down, I talked with my sister, and I was like, oh, great. We this hadn't is- done that yet. Well, we kind of had, Well, we did we a version it. of this where we did commentary for this <laughs> movie, but it's just, I realize it's confusing because we did a commentary on this, well, you, you tell it, you tell it. Okay, so you're, you came up with this great idea of, let's sit down and watch Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. Because it was before Christmas. Because it was before Christmas. And it was a movie that we have watched, you know, a handful of times in our adult lives together. <laughs> and Yeah. And we watched it kind of ad nauseum as kids around Christmas time. Or even if it's like, it's August. My mom was like, what do you guys want to watch? We're like, Emmett Otter! And <laughs> we'd watch Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. And yeah. so... You came up with this great idea of let's sit down, let's watch the movie together and do an audio commentary of it. And 
it was it was a good idea, except for the fact that as a podcast listener, to kind of have this all make sense, you would need to be physically watching the movie along with us. And the movie had ads, the version online. There, it, there's two versions. There's one with Kermit and one without. without. And so we're talking about where's Kermit? <laughs> and, and, and it struck me that the movie's not particularly... It's not a great movie. It doesn't hold up. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's really... It's an amazing movie for being done, I believe it was 77 or 79, mm. uh, Jim Henson and his Muppets. And, you know, they've got the scene where they've got these two otters going down a river in a boat. Singing. Singing. Rowing. You know, and you can see them. And so they must have had, you know, this river must have been built, you know, on a stage and then someone's under the stage with their hand under these puppets, having you know, and that's manipulating a, them. And so that's all y'all kind of need to know about Emmett Otter. It's technically impressive. The music's okay. The music, it's 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 no Rainbow Connection, but it was no. the guy who wrote Rainbow Connection. Yes. So it's so we did it, and it, we and we're like, you know, this is not <laughs> this is not great. We should talk about some <laughs> other stuff. Um, you're a big Disney fan. I'm a huge Disney, and fan. you love was it Lilo and Stitch? Lilo, and Stitch. And I love Stitch. Stitch is the blue little mon monster monkey guy. He's an alien experiment. So why do you love Stitch so much? Why do I love Stitch so much? That's a good question. I I have no idea why I love Stitch. I I'm looking at you about fifty Stitch pins on your <laughs> wall here. Yeah, I've got a lot. Um, I traded some of them so for Stitch. Yeah, I went online and bought kind of, you know, 25 pins for $25 on Amazon. And then I'd go to the park and I'd find a stitch pin I didn't have. And You used to go to Disneyland a lot. You used to be a, what, have a year pass? I had an annual pass, yeah. No, you do not live near Disneyland. No. So, you know, <laughs> it was it was like, okay, I've got three days. Maybe I can take one day off of work. Or, you know, I'd ask ahead of time, like, do you need me for this day of work? No? Okay, I'm going to go down to Disneyland. Just solo. Yeah, I'd go by myself. It was amazing. I The first time I did it, I was thinking I'd bought the pass. I hadn't used it yet. Do you have to pay to park, though? At the, the annual pass I had at the time, I did not need to pay to park. Ooh. But because I also wanted to stay really close to the park, so if I wanted to leave halfway through the day, I could and then come back. So I always stayed within walking distance of the parks. So I never needed to utilize my capability of free parking. That's what's up. Um, and so Stitch is just... So, yeah, I... You relate to him? Yeah, I, I was introduced to Stitch, oh, um, about five years ago. What? You didn't see the movie? No, I hadn't seen it. I, well, it came out in 2003. It came out in 2002. I remember I saw it in the theaters. You did? Yeah, well, we were working at... It's the summer camp. We all went. Aww. I took everyone and they were all real On mad. your day off. Yeah, they're mad at me and disappointed. <laughs> On your Tuesday, Wednesday day off. There's a scene where, yeah, where they're <laughs> surfing and it's like a musical thing. And and Noel, one of the camp uh, yeah. guys who worked at the camp, he turns to me and goes, what the heck is going on with this? What is going on? <laughs> it's not a movie for kids in the early 20s, maybe. Yeah. It, well, I mean, I was in my <laughs> early 30s, so it spoke to me. You think, but, do you relate to him because he's like, has? sometimes you feel you have trouble communicating? Maybe. I, I don't I don't really read into it. I guess I could try to analyze it. Um, and he, but, he, what's he, he eats tons of stuff? No. 
Oh, he won't like, he, oh, my lamp's gone. His, Stitch ate it. No, he was an experiment created by, who was his name? Jambu. Mm-hmm. I'd have to look it up. Um, but by this alien and he's experiment 626 because mm-hmm. the other ones didn't quite work out, but they're introduced in the TV show and one of the other three movies. What? Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. There's a whole extended universe? There's four movies. So there's Lilo and Stitch, Lilo and Stitch 2, Leroy what? and Stitch, and Stitch the movie. So the the sequels were all directed video? Correct, yes. And then what's the series? It's, it's, I think it's just called Lilo and Stitch the series. And But are they? do they hold up to the first movie? So sometimes like this, Aladdin yeah. sequels aren't so tight. Yeah, no, they're, they're not. No, the original movie is definitely the best um but i remember the the reason we took them years and was not particularly well reviewed no it was because it was after the age you know it was kind of after the gold it was not what's called the golden age you know it was one of the last cell animation it, or 2d right yeah, that, it wasn't the last but it was one of the last few the last correct. was winnie the pooh and the second to last was the frog princess or was that it yeah the new orleans one mm-hmm. it was towards that princess end. and the frog yeah yeah which is, I think that's a fabulous movie. I haven't seen that. Which, oh, I'd say you should watch it on Disney Plus. Is it on there? It was, but only for two weeks, and then they pulled it. What? Why? I I don't know why, but I've got the DVD Blu-ray. If you want to borrow it, that's what's up. Um, all right, <laughs> uh, cool. So Leela, so stitches an experiment. He crashes near Hawaii somehow. So he's. I mean, I, I, yeah. <laughs> and then he meets Lilo, Lilo. Lilo. So basically, he is. It's ET, basically. He in, was in Hawaii, and in, in a sense, he was sent to Earth. He was banished, um, and they're like, "Well, we'll send him here, shoot him to outer space." He can't swim because he's really dense, and so he would sink. Uh-huh. So they're like, "Oh, he's going to land." And they show him going into the Pacific Ocean from outer space. Why and did then, they exile him? And then he lands in Hawaii. What's what's what? Why does he get exiled from the other aliens? Because yeah. he's destructive. Like he was, his form of his experiment, mm-hmm. uh, it was designed to destroy things mm-hmm. and be destructive. And um, uh, so wait, he was just he was created by an alien or a hu- or a human? an alien, an alien. What's and and okay, so they launched him out like a project. Maybe it's because he was adopted by Lilo. Oh, I don't know, but do you relate to that? Maybe I don't know. I, I just thought of that. Yeah. Whoa! So, <laughs> it's all tying so together. Lilo's his mom. Lilo's on Facebook looking for his cousins, the wrong cousins. Yeah. <laughs> so Lilo, Lilo's parents have died, and she's living with her older sister. And oh, really? Yeah. That's so oh, sad. Well, there. I mean, it's a Disney film. There's got to be at least one dead parent. <laughs> hey. You know, or dead family member. Yeah, very rarely do you have two parents that are alive. Very, there are some cases, but very rarely either. Or like Eddie, Eddie Valiant, his brother was killed by yep. Judge Doom. Spoiler yeah. alert. Yeah. Anyway, so you know, it's it's just a great fun film. I was introduced to it while I was babysitting. Um, and we're just like, my life is forever changed. Yeah, I was just you know, this family. Uh, one of the, they just always had the TV on in the background, mm-hmm. and um, I'd get there at like you know seven thirty in the morning, and they just popped the movie in. And Why is he called Stitch? It's just a cool. That's name. That's his name. Yeah, that's what, what she he, decided to call him. 
Interesting. And she, Lilo adopts Stitch because they, like, animal control finds Stitch. They grab him. No. And they think he's a dog, and she goes to adopt a dog. She's like, I want that one. And Ah, so. That's lucky. Adoption. Oh, my gosh. Um, Hey, Sarah. Yes. um, what was I going to say? I don't know. Uh, um, Lilo and Stitch is kind of though he's had this resurgence where he's very popular at the parks. And he like, is. he's kind of, yeah, he's one of the, what well, in the last 25 years, one of like the last super huge original other than the Pixar and frozen. Yeah. Um, so as we wind down, mm. what? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, coming up in the new year as you're building your business with your clients, killing it in Carmel Valley, you've moved into a new place that's spacious and beautiful. I did. It's much better than my last place, which was it was not what it was. If we had done this podcast, if we'd done this podcast there, there would have been construction noise in the background. Yeah, the I guess she's now three. She'd be you could hear her through the walls screaming. Oh, it's great. The baby. Yeah, and you've (laughs) been dealing with. Some health things like you have, you're you're having to manage your arth- arthritis, rheumatoid arthritis. And yeah, that came on what in the past? What? How? When did you first have symptoms of that? Probably when I hit thirty, I was having some early symptoms of it. But oh wow, yeah. And so you, but I wasn't officially diagnosed. I think it was when I was thirty three. I was I fish, I finally went to a rheumatologist and. They did um, tests. Yeah, they did the blood test. And uh, I I guess fortunately, I have the type of rheumatoid arthritis that it shows up in your blood work. Some people oh, it wow. doesn't. Oh, wow. And so if you don't have a doctor who's sympathetic, mm-hmm. you know, they're like, well, it's not RA. It's not rheumatoid arthritis because it doesn't show up in your blood work. And, you know, a lot of people who it doesn't show up in their blood work they're like, I know something's wrong with me, mm. but there's nothing that shows up in blood work that, you know, says, yeah, there's something wrong. So you've been, you manage it with your diet in a way? Yeah. So I you lost all this weight. I, yeah, I've lost some weight. A lot of it, you know, was 10 pounds within the first month or so. And that's just inflammation. Oh, wow. Just inflammation. Because you're on but, medicine for it? Uh, yeah. I've been taking medicine for years and- um, you know, cutting out a lot of food, basically all the foods. Um, you have very like specific diet, what you can and can't eat. Yeah. Which is, I guess it's cool. Cause you have to be thoughtful about what you're putting in you. Yeah. Christmas was rough. <laughs> you know, all these like foods that, you know, you love. It's like, Oh, I really and want everyone's that. Eating and, it. Yeah. It's like, okay, I can't have it. Oh, Sarah. But you know, th- th- I mean, I guess it's kind of the issue that, you know, I'm doing it for like, not like I want to lose weight or I want to whatever. It's mm-hmm. like, no, I want to choose to eat this way. So I'm not crippling pain. <laughs> like, you know, f- for me, I think that's a positive and it's good reason. And, yeah. you know, and you are dealing with some, you got, you got someone hits you in the car accident and you've been like dealing with the repercussions of that too. Yeah. And like you're, I bring all this up. Because you're such a positive person. You stay positive. I know it's hard for you sometimes, and I know it must feel like you're on your own or you're dealing with this stuff that not that 
it's hard to relate to. Other people have trouble relating to, but I see you coping with it and I admire it. Oh, thanks, Andrew. And you always make me happy to see you. I don't see you a lot because I'm gone so much, but when I do see you, I love you. Yeah, it's I love you too. It's it's so fun to, you know, reconnect with you every time you're here. I saw you twice in October. You came oh, out yeah. for a tour. I picked you up from the airport. We spent like a day and a half together. Oh, yeah, thanks. Then you went off. Then you eventually made your way back to- Is that Oakley Doakley tour? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, the West Coast tour. Yeah, yeah, it was nice. You picked me at the airport. You just and always- And I saw you at the end of it, and I took you back to the airport. And I saw that you have like my old hoodies, and you, what? You used to have a sticker of mine on your car. I Yeah, on my old car, I had one of your bumper stickers. I've got one. It's on the- it's on my refrigerator. You can't see it from where we're sitting, but your musical taste and your playing piano and stuff was influence, influential on me because you were like cool friends who turned you on to things. And then you, I would get turned on to them because you're a year older. That's yeah. tight before the internet. Yeah. Margaret Hazley, what she made you mixtapes and stuff like that. Mm. Offspring, Weezer. Didn't, you know, but yeah, you know. Well, cool bands. Yeah. So, did Margaret, was she influential on your music taste? No, she, well. She liked that cool punk rock stuff. No, she liked gangster rap. Oh, Dr. Dre the Chronic. Oh, yeah. I remember her mom was washing dishes. <laughs> I went, Buffy, Margaret's CDs have bad words on them. And Buffy goes, oh, they have horrible words, Andrew. <laughs> horrible words. But I let her listen to what she wants. I was like, oh, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. I was the snitch. Yeah. The Chronic had all these dashes on in the back, and then you put on like, oh. You're like, oh, my. Bees ain't what? Oh, my goodness. Oh no. That's a good record though. Margaret yeah. was in it. No, but no, she she had a mixtape she brought to Tahoe that had like Weezer and Offspring and all this stuff. I guess maybe those were maybe I'm conflating it with the CDs you had. Yeah, those are yeah, those are all CDs I had, which I when maybe we were you made her that mixtape. I probably did make her a mixtape. You know what CD you got me that was very influential on my love of rap? Crisscross the Chronic. I, da, no, no. Sorry, the bomb. I, I did buy you a crisscross CD. I just realized something. The crisscross album, The Bomb, has a lot of samples from the Chronic specifically. Mm. So they were like, let's do a The something, The Bomb, The Chronic. Mm. But they spell it D A B O M B. But they say Crisscross's success was stymied by that record because the hook is, it's the bomb. We drop bombs like Hiroshima, here I come. So you better watch your back. They were big in Japan until then. <laughs> <laughs> Japanese people were not feeling no, that metaphor. Uh, I can understand why they would be touchy about that. That record's so good, though, Sarah. The bomb. Oh, so good. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and you still like music or not? I do. I don't listen to as much music as I used to. Um, but you'd be driving a lot for work all around the... Peninsula. I do. What I do you listen to? The radio or what? I listen. Sometimes I listen to the radio, and there's not a lot of radio stations around here. Um, so you there's not to both of them. <laughs> all th there's like, oh, there's a handful. Oh, you we both had radio shows on our high school radio station. We did. You did what? Monday morning mix up and first things first. So the first was with Sabrina. The first was with my friend Sabrina. And I had not taken the radio class and she was very nervous about getting her own show. And she said, Sarah, will you do the show with me? I said, sure. So yeah, every week. Every week. It, my the, So the first show I did was on my 17th birthday. I, I woke up at 4.30 in the morning. Yeah. No, I woke up at four in the morning. I left the house Ugh. at five. 
I drove into Monterey to pick her up from What? Her she didn't house. drive? I don't know if she drove at that time. Don't tell me you did this every week. No, no, no. I, not every week. Okay. I, on a handful of occasions, I did it. But I, I picked her up at her house. You know, had a nice little just because you're a nice friend. Had a nice little conversation nice. with her mom, uh, oh. and then we drove into school and got everything set up. And I brought my, you know, pack of two hundred CDs, and she had her set of, you know, and that was for a year. CDs. So we did that for a year, and the following year, throughout that year of our first show, first things first. Mm-hmm. Which was I, Monday? Which was Monday at from 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. And then I would do the Friday show. You had a Thursday show and then a Friday show. Oh, yeah. And um, that was cool. We kind of bookended the week. Yeah. Then you did a show with Julia. Yeah. Then the following year, I had taken the, the radio class so I could have my own show. And similar for- format, you know, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. And You know, that's where I discovered coffee. Chris Gates would bring coffee. Chris Gates, who was Ooh. another podcast guest. He was and, early on, yeah. And um, yeah, and I'd be like, oh, hi, I'm here. I'd never really drank <laughs> coffee till then. And now I'm like dependent on it. And um, oh. we have KSPB to thank for that. Yeah. This is cool. Like think of all these opportunities we had, radio shows, like friends who would we'd see at Tahoe every summer, summer camps. Like the fact that we were given these really cool opportunities and- yeah. I was actually given them. Yeah. Because I could have I could have gone to a different family where none of this would have happened. And then we wouldn't have been doing this podcast. Oh my gosh, it'd be so sad. I might never ever heard of MC Lars. They might not even be in MC Lars. Uh, for for many reasons. Actually, that's interesting. I yeah, I wonder. Yeah, probably maybe not. Because they wouldn't if have you, had music in the house all the time. Yeah. Oh, that's kind of makes me feel like some sort of way. No, so, but there's the other thing that like um it's like the butterfly effect. Yeah. If you they didn't have Dop Juice, such and such wouldn't happen at the Super it's, Bowl. Yeah, it's very Boom, possible. Boom, bang, bing. You might not have been around because the pressure, once they had a child, a lot of it happens for a lot of people who adopt, who've tried for years. They, they finally having, adopt. You know what happened with John Long, off. John Longley? He's adopted, but his brothers are, are not, and they're younger. Hmm. I don't know if you knew that. I think I may have known a- that. Another podcast guest. <laughs> Guess who I'm interviewing actually after this? Oh. Zach Vetter. <laughs> about his whatever he's doing. He came to the show last night. Oh, awesome. And uh, you know who was there? Who? Fred Zida and Greta. Oh. And yes, yeah, so first night Monterey. Was Fred's wife there? No, she was home with the ba- their baby, I yeah. guess. She's um, cute. I saw their Christmas card. She is cute. Did you talk to Fred at the wedding? I did. I sat... Uh, I. Didn't talk to him much at the wedding itself, but the breakfast the morning after the wedding, uh, we sat at the same table and had a conversation. That's what's up. Yeah. You you know, over the years, you met my many different <laughs> girlfriends, and I've 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 met, you met mo- pretty much all of them. I've met most of the serious ones. I think there was one i didn't meet but and, I, and ashley's pretty amazing huh ashley is awesome y'all have a good friendship and that makes me happy oh like your wife is so amazing she's amazing you Shout know out to ash wednesday Woo-woo. so yeah you guys are so great together and i won the lottery with that one you definitely did she gets you she gets that i d- gotta do this stuff and yeah what is with me and roger rabbit what what's the deal with that i think is it, it just, healthy or is it not is it sad or what uh, you don't have an unhealthy obsession with it. I do have four boxes of Roger Rabbit 
merchandise in in tubs under our parents' house. Yeah, but your life doesn't revolve around it, which I think that's kind of when it becomes unhealthy. It's just, it's something that, you know... uh, you you loved Roger. I mean, we've talked about it many times, you know. Especially when I was a kid. Yeah, so. As a kid, I was into them too, huh? Yeah. And then you I had, had th- You carried that toy around ever. What, you had three of them total? The stuffed ones? Yeah. And then I had a resurgence in in middle school. I was like, oh, I really like this rabbit. And I don't know. Well, yeah, you were Roger Rabbit for Halloween one year. Yeah, I mean, last Halloween was great. No, <laughs> no pre-kindergarten, Grandma made me that costume. Yeah. Well, was it kindergarten? Maybe first grade, because it came out in 88, summer of 88. Anyway, but the Roger Rabbit Disneyland presence is just really that ride. The merch is not really there. So we go to Disneyland, it's always like searching for the few Roger Rabbit things. Yeah, well, that's what I did for when I had my annual pass. I would, you know, go into Toontown, that store, and I'd, you know, scour every inch of it. It's nothing, you know. right? No, there's generally, there's... You know, like a Jessica Rabbit pin. Right, right, right. And I was like, no, like you need something with Roger on it. Like, and there's the Eddie Valiant mailbox in California Adventure. There is, which is tight, but yeah, it's it's up. not something that you would see. It's you definitely have to go looking for it. Stitch has a much bigger presence, even no. though there's no ride. There's no ride. There was one in um, Disney World. D- yeah, down in Florida. Um, but yeah, the his only visible presence. Well, he's definitely about merch wise. Merch wise, merch wise, there's lots of Stitch stuff. I think with uh, having a TV show really helped. Um, you know, as does far he as ever that. talk or is it just rah, rah, rah. no? He talks. What? What does he say? Han uh, means family. Just like random words. Yeah, I mean, he definitely talks. I mean, I've watched one episode of the TV show. Uh, thanks to D- Disney Plus, I you only watch one. Yeah, I don't... Because you're busy? Yes, and I'm not so sure if I have the need to continue watching. I think I will. (laughs) Um, I think each episode kind of follows a different one of the experiments that came before him. That's a prequel. No, it's after. Like, they... Oh, they follow what's happened with previous experiments today. Yeah, so, but they come to Earth. That's what's up. Yeah. Um, I always end trying to be like, what social media... Can you plug in? What? You're, you're not really active on Twitter anymore. On Instagram. You know. Oh, yeah. What's that? Again, Yeah, Loser Ninjas. Okay, so Instagram. So follow my sister on Instagram, Yeah, Loser Ninjas, if you want. But again, I rarely post, so at you're least you- You're big on Snapchat, but not really. I was. I was, and it's how I keep in contact with some of the kids who I have worked with in the past who are off at college or- Because you're one of those productive millennials. Yeah, well. <laughs> Are you a millennial? 81. Technically, I think I, I am now considered, for years growing up, I was part of Gen X. So now you're- So I think now officially in the millennial side of things, but I'm kind of- uh, We're I, the elder millennials. Yeah, I definitely, there's a group of us, they're called the Zennials, which is X-Ennials. And that's which, us. Maybe. Yeah, like we definitely had a lot of aspects of Gen X as well as some aspects of millennials. Uh, like we didn't necessarily grow up having a computer, you know, being part of our, you know, like daily upbringing at a very early age. Well, yeah, I mean. Well, yeah, you utilized dad's work computer when he wasn't 
home but <laughs> oh god yeah um, no but i see you're saying like especially a computer that like, was yeah, like online constantly yeah you know i remember the first time when they would like dad showing us the computer like he showed us the um how you could look at what the academy award winners were oh yeah and the move and so and, we found out <laughs> before yeah we did we found out you know in new york they'd announced it mm -hmm. so and they'd aired it in new york They'd aired the Oscars in New York. And so while we're watching it, it's like, okay, well, these pictures are nominated for best picture. And it's like, oh, we could probably go online and find out who won. It would have been 91, 92. And we did. <laughs> so tight. And then we posted about it on Twitter. Oh, wait, it didn't oh. exist. It didn't <laughs> exist. Well, yeah, Loser Ninjas. Happy New Year. All right. Where did you get that name? It's actually an anagram of my full name. Sarah Joy Nielsen. Mm -hmm. So if you rearrange. Where's the N? Oh, ninjas. Ninjas. Oh. Ninjas has got two N's, just like Nielsen has got two N's. So if you rearrange all the letters in Sarah Joy Nielsen, which has an H on it. Joy. Joy, yeah. It's your middle name. Joy is my middle From name. From our grandma on dad's side. Yes. That's what's up. And we named our dog Joy. Yeah. And then our aunt's middle name was also Joy. Which aunt? Rosie. Oh, yeah. And that's true. <laughs> and then also, um, our cat was named Donald, and that was our grandpa's name. Yeah, but that, that was Donald, Donald was Donald Duck. That's Donald Duck. That's what's yeah. up. That's such a tight name, name for a cat. And our dog before Joy was named Daisy, so we had Daisy and Donald yes, at the same time. Those dogs, those animals were Disney, tight. Disney, tying it all up. Boom. Yeah, losing ninjas. <laughs> Sarah J. Nielsen. Happy New Year. It's been a good podcast. Much better than the Emmett Otter commentary, oh, which was kind yeah. of a train wreck. Oh, that was, it was like, while doing it we're looking at each other we're like why are we doing this maybe we'll release that maybe i'll release episode uh no let's not release patreon that. maybe but, uh, well if it's on patreon then those who really want to do it they can watch emmet otter they can sync it up they can heal if y'all want the if y'all want this <laughs> bonus episode tweet both of us Ugh, mc large and yeah news yeah loser ninjas tweet us and say on scale one to ten how bad you want them at otter commentary and if you do i'll just email you the mp3 how's that <laughs> no edits yeah it's it's, it's, it's rough Emmett <laughs> otter and then saddest part spoiler he loses the competition to this punk rock slizzard band but then he becomes a house band for the diner with his mom and it, i mean i'll just give away the end there <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just That's saying. Like, it's like, in case you've never heard of the story of the Titanic, it's going to hit an iceberg and sink. <laughs> no, I'm just saying that, like, it's. Spoiler just, alert Jesus sad. dies at the end. Yeah, but he come back. Mm. Jesus comes back and he's like, what's up? Are <laughs> oh, you talking about the Bible? Yeah. Some people don't know. If, some people are like, eh, did he come back? Yeah. Some Christians are like, maybe he came back metaphorically. Some believe he never actually died. Some believe he was actually. Oh, really? Yeah, that, like, he was. Don't get cross with me. Exactly. Sage Francis joke. <coughs> so, um, some people. One theory out there is that he was definitely injured. You know, okay. he was on the cross. Okay. They put him in a tomb, but they like wrapped him in all of this, like medicinal stuff, and uh -oh. he had you know days to heal up. Oh, so he just in passed the tomb. Out. So yeah, he was like passed out, and he healed in the tomb, and so then when they opened the tomb again. He actually was just, you know, semi-healed and then wandered off in the mountains and then went off to India. Oh, that's one theory. Yeah. Well, that so does, that, does that undermine his divinity or does it mean he's like just really good at marketing and building a street team? <laughs> that's what the that, apostles were really. It's the yeah. ultimate street team. Yeah. 
right? Yeah. I, if, if you believe that doesn't mean you're not Christian. I, you know, uh, that's a whole nother podcast. Yeah. We were raised Episcopalian. Yeah. Which is very kind of traditional church. Yeah. It's like Catholic light. Do you, so do you believe in God or not? Nah? There's no right answer, Sarah. There's not a right answer. I, I believe there's definitely a force out there, whether I think it's God in the way that many people think of it as God. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, there's a force out there. Force for good. Yeah. And you're part of that for sure. Yeah. You know, some people, you know, can relate it back to science. Some people can say it's God. I, I feel it's kind of a combination of all of that stuff. You know, there's a card on your fridge from one of your clients, and I'd never seen it, and it kind of made me feel some sort of way. And it was uh, one of your students who you helped through high school. You helped her get into good college. Yeah, she's a freshman. She taught you how, you taught her good morals. What'd she say? You taught me how to be a good person. Yeah. Oh, we worked for for years on, I, I, with this one family, I was there all the time. And one of the things I would say, I'd be like, tone. Because the way that she and her brother would sometimes speak to one another, uh, you know, kind of that rah, 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 kind of tone. And it's just like tone, like just work on that tone. You don't need to speak to someone like that. Because my brother and I never fought. Oh, no, never. <laughs> really? I didn't know that. So she learned to be more, um, what, that was kind of, you helped you helped their relationship be like a good brother or sister relationship. Yeah, and she also had a falling out with one of her friends and she didn't know why. And I said, well... One time when I was babysitting the two of you, this is something I witnessed. And she said, that never happened. I said, yeah, it did. And she just wasn't aware mm. of some of the things she was saying mm. and then how it was coming off to other people. So that um, card on your fridge, it's like it's like an Oscar for mentorship. It's like a Grammy of yours. I mean, I don't know. I'm talking about God. You're talking about <laughs> how it metaphors. Like you're a force for good in this universe, Sarah, and you've been a great force for good in my life. And Thanks, Rue. I'm so lucky to be your little bro, and I'm so proud of you. And I'll anything you ever need in life, as we go on, I'm always here for you. And Aww. I love you. Right back at you. I think this is a good podcast. All right. One last question? No. Yeah, that's the thing. One, that was the thing I was joking with Brian. Then Brian started doing it. Then we talked about Magic the Gathering for like a half hour. Well, that's kind of interesting. <laughs> that was fun. Brian is an awesome. You ever met Brian from I Fight Dragons? No. He's one of my favorite people. He, like That dude is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's what's up. Um, okay, that's what's up. Uh, yeah, any final, <laughs> final words? <laughs> We've done about an hour. It's good. Uh, over an hour. A little over an hour, yeah. I've got, to, I've got to get back. I've got to feed a little puppy dog her lunch. That's what's up. I love you, Sarahs. Love you, Rue. Bye. Bye. Cheyenne. Rock. City. You know nothing about Cheyenne, Wyoming. It is one of the most famous towns of the Old West and is the second largest city in the state. You've never been there. Ever. So let me tell you a little bit about it. This beats mad funky. The first time that I hit the road With my band in my dad's car on tour mode We saw California, Oregon, Seattle Idaho, Denver, other cars and cattle McDonald's, Burger Kings, and Wendy's too But DJ said that's so bad for you So we ate chicken salads and drove all night GPS on the dash and we felt alright We met fans that had never heard of me before They said sign my CD as I walked out the door The Wyoming gig was like one of our best shows Kids rocked their heads to my enthusiastic flow 
show It was at a club called the Sheriff's Posse The promoter was nice, but the bouncers were bossy I set the light brights up, PJ tuned his bass Then my band and I rock shy Ant's face The grass was green and the haystacks were pretty I stormed the stage with rhymes I thought were witty The dudes were super chill and the girls were super giddy Stop taking 30 minute showers And texting with your girlfriend in the late night hours Hey Lars, can you quit playing viol in the car? And bossing us around, who do you think you are? But I love my band and my band loves me At the merch booth we sold the laptop EP We talked about girls from Denver to LA Utah girls are really hot, but we could never stay Because A, they all get married at 16 B Salt Lake City isn't really our scene C, 311 played the night that we did So the show wasn't packed But I met this one kid who loved Weird Al And my do a chef Sure, though the night was a downer that took away the hurt Each club we stormed, we burnt to the ground Especially Cheyenne, where we really got down Some crowds are big, some crowds are itty bitty If you've never been there, then I guess you have my pity We had a water balloon fight and the mess wasn't pretty You love music, we do too, let's start a DIY committee I check my email with AOL CD sales paid for super rate motels We were nice to the rooms unlike the who When you've got no budget that's what you have to do You see America is big and people here are nice But when you come to punk shows here is some advice Bring earplugs, friends and an up to date map If you wanna see live punk rock or rap Every show we went to they gave us free water In Boise they treated us like sons and daughters The last show of the tour was in LA Goodbye to Lance's hero S A N A K. DJ packed his 12 bags PJ put his bass away but we can't forget Wyoming when we showed up on that day With a car full of shoes, big guys are bass and a laptop Bringing America our crazy hip-hop We had the drags bounce down to iTunes for many The walls are made of redwood and the atmosphere was gritty You were so nice to us, then I wrote you this ditty You love music, we do, let's start a DIY committee Yo Put them up. Weigh your seas in the air. Cheyenne, Wyoming. Happening punk rock, hip hop spot. Who would have thought? It just goes to show. You can't generalize about the East and West Coast being better. Even though, in a lot of ways, they may be. Because of San Francisco, uh, New York City. But Cheyenne is, you know, it's a pretty good place, too. So that's why. That's it was the subject of this song. Ooh, unreleased classic right here on the MC Lars podcast. See, that's what you get for being a loyal listener. The hottest unreleased jams from 2004. That's what's up. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the MC, the MC Lars, Lars Patreon, Patreon Larson of, the, of week. the week. This week we got my man Keith. He's a California resident, a great fan who's been to many, many, many shows, and he talks about how he first heard of me. And he talks about coming to see us and uh, some great stories. So, Keith, take it away, homie. Hi, my name's Keith. So, my story is about um, a couple different things. So one time, uh, way back in the day, I saw just an early little clip. I think it was uh, maybe it was on MTV or G4 or something. This is way million million years ago. Um, but I was like, oh, this guy seems uh, you know pretty cool. And checked out the rest of uh, rest of the MC Lars music. It was really good. 
And then uh, since then, have seen, I don't even know how many, like 5, 10, 15 shows. And uh, the, the great thing about the ones that are close to the Bay Area, you always get to see MC Bob. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Andrew's mom and dad come out, and it's always cool to see him support uh, what he's doing. And it's always a nice time, too, when he teams up with Negaran. It's always a good show. Anyways, um, much love, and uh, keep making amazing music. And, yeah, you're awesome. So there you go. Uh, later. Thanks, Keith. Thanks, Sarah. It's a great episode. Next week, we got Angelo Moore from Fishbone. Yeah, that's tight. That's a big guest. Uh, I was in Berkeley hanging out with my friend Jim of the Rondo Brothers. Did a podcast with Jim, and Jim's like, you should talk to Angelo. So Angelo and I talked about all sorts of metaphysical stuff and uh, the legacy of his band, Fishbone, which is, <laughs> those of you who don't know, Google Fishbone and you'll be impressed. And then I interviewed Jim from the Rondo Brothers and Brandon. Those are coming out later. Next week is Angelo Moore. NerdcoreTour.com for tickets. I came to kick it and I came to spit it like a wicket playing golf. I freestyle. What runs with golf? Okay. Uh, thank you for listening. Happy New Year. Thanks, Sarah. And I'll see you all next week. Bye. Oh, by the way, Sempsey Lars.